0: Get ready for the 2020 Bible Challenge. It's not like any Bible Challenge we have done before. Our goal is to help you dig in and grab a hold of the foundational truths of our faith. So we have broken the year up into sections according to topic. From salvation and stewardship to forgiveness, baptism, and more. We will dive into the scriptures that cover more than 25 subjects. Visit GraceBibleChallenge.com. That's GraceBibleChallenge.com. To sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge, go beyond just reading, strengthen your knowledge and deepen your understanding of God's Word with in-depth studies on what the Bible says about these essential spiritual truths. To sign up and join the 2020 Bible Challenge, go to gracebiblechallenge.com today. That's gracebiblechallenge.com and get ready to grow in God's Word.
1: We are excited to announce the Live Big television broadcast is back on BET on Sundays at 7 a.m. There are a few other changes, so visit DerekGreer.com to view the full broadcast schedule and much more. You were made
0: to think big,
2: do big, live big. But tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, cut the world. Live life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. If a life bigger than yourself.
1: You've tuned in to the Live Big broadcast with Derek Greer, pastor of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. God's word is powerful and full of life. It opens your eyes to how big God is and how big life in him can be. We pray that today's teaching compels you to grow and live a life bigger than yourself. Download this message and more at GraceChurchVA.org. Here's Dr. Greer with today's Live Big message.
2: I'm going to pray for you, and we're going to get right into today's word. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for meeting our needs. We thank you, Lord, for bringing us to this place. Now open our ears and our eyes. Cause us to hear God what we would not hear if we didn't live stream today, if we didn't show up today. God, do something that you will get all the honor and glory for. And the church says, amen. Amen. Verse 17. Then it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God did not lead them by way of the land of the Philistines. You see, the Philistines were uh, Philistines, Philistines, it depends what part of the day it is, how I want to pronounce it, but it'll change throughout, but they're not here to correct me anyway. The Philistines were a confrontational, warlike, aggressive, and extremely powerful people. And at this point in history, the Israelites had been slaves for over really hundreds of years, about 400 years or so. And like many of us, they had learned how to suffer, but they had not yet learned how to fight. That's why some of you, by the way, are here today, because you're going to learn. Matter of fact, I believe some of you have, have come to this place, and, and for the next couple months, it, the, the primary reason is to get that war cry back, to learn how to fight once again. It says, they went by the land of the Philistines, although that way was near. Well, they didn't go that way. And what Scripture is saying is that the journey would have been shorter if God led them through the Philistine territory. But here's something I know. God will not lead us into anything we're not ready for. That's real. So if you're facing it, it must be because you're ready for it, okay? For God said, less people, or perhaps the people, In fact, let me pause here again. You ever start preaching lots of things going on? Let's pray again. Father, we thank you. I bind the adversary. This message shall go forth. The people shall hear. Our lives will be changed. And God, we give you glory in advance. And would you just shake this up in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. So God said... Lest Grace Church, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt, which was a type of the world. You know, sometimes we think God takes too long. How many of you ever been there? Yeah. But here's something we see in this scripture. Now we see something of God's thinking. Any other way would have broke you. God's not being slow. He's trying to protect your narrow behind. That's the only reason he led you the way he led you. You're like, God, what's taking so long? God said, I'm wise and I'm patient. And if I led you into something you weren't ready for. So God led the people. Y'all feel a fight in the atmosphere here today. But you're going to get the word. So God led them around by the way of the wilderness of the red sea so god took them through the wilderness first not because he was weak but because they were y'all don't don't you say lord why are you so weak why are you so the problem's not god the issue is us tough conditions create tough people and spiritual readiness is typically gradual It takes time to get you into position for what God has for you. You understand? And the children of Israel went up in orderly ranks out of the land of Egypt, meaning they got up and they marched like soldiers, three feet apart each. God knew, though, they were not ready for battle, though they didn't. I'm so glad that God loves me enough to sometimes ignore my prayers yeah. until I'm ready. Yeah. And they were march out, like, we're ready, we're ready. Said, no, 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 no. So God in his wisdom led them another way. You might think you're ready, but God knows what you really need. Verse 20. So they took their journey from Sukkoth and camped in Ethan at the edge of the wilderness. God took them right to the edge, and then cause the army, if you will, to pause. Why? Because he need a little more time to build their confidence. And nothing builds our confidence like experiences with God. So he's saying, okay, I, I know you think you're ready, and I appreciate your heart, and, and I, 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 I'm with you. For, but, but you know what? You guys, you know, when, when battle comes, you're going to run. You're going to back away. And I, I know right now you think you won't. But you know what? Let me give you a little bit more time in my presence, experiencing my goodness, so that when you, you face crisis, you will be what? Ready. And the Lord went before them. how did he do it? By day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way. God supernaturally went with them as a cloud to block the heat of the sun by day. So, you know, God, the 10 plagues, and now God's giving them a daily experience with him. Where they see the cloud and it's protecting them from the heat, and then it says, "And by night a pillar of fire to give them them light, so as to go by day and, and night." So, so also he was an experience of fire at night. They could see things other people couldn't see at night, and and they were able to move based on God's leading versus the clock versus natural si- situations. And and in fact, this, this allowed them to do twice as much as as any other people could do. And by the way, the presence of God will remove limitations in your life, but. Here's the deal. They need a little time to experience a daily God before God could bring them into a challenge. And I know you think you're ready, but sometimes we haven't had enough experience yet with God. Now, here's the deal. We might have had a lot of experience with church. But I'm talking about experience with your God, where you've learned to trust him. You learn to rely on him. He protects you by day. He gave you light by night, and it's a daily experience. And and what I find about life is consistency produces confidence. And when you experience a consistent God that shows up time after time daily, it builds your confidence. and, And then when the big thing comes, you're ready. But they thought they were ready for the big thing immediately. But it took some time, and God in his wisdom backed up. He said, well, let me build you first. You know what? I did the 10 plagues. Let me be a, a, a cloud by day and a fire by night. And he said he did not take away the pillar of cloud by day or the fire by night from before the people. So he did it all the time. And the miraculous power of God became their norm. Again, God proved himself day after day after day. God does not just want to be a Sunday thing. He wants to be our daily experience. No, no, it's great to shout in church, but when you can shout on Tuesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, that's when you're really experiencing God and learning something, 14 and 1. Now, the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, speak to the children of Israel, that they turn and camp before pi between Migdal and the sea, opposite of Baal, uh, Zephon, And you shall camp before it by the sea. Again, they experienced the ten plagues. God, a fire by night and, and a cloud by day. God was preparing them for something. It's important. But first, they had to do something that was counterintuitive. They had to do something a little bit dangerous. If they would have kept in the direction they were going, they could have very quickly moved outside of the wilderness and into actually Canaan land and it would have been very difficult for the Egyptians to follow them. But God intensely directed them to go into harm's way. He said, march toward the sea. So the children of Israel knew that when they got to the sea, they were going to be hemmed in in front and they could possibly be pursued from behind. But God, inten- God was building confidence. And the reason God's built confidence is ultimately for its use. He doesn't make you confidence just for the sake of confidence. He wants you to be confident so that when trouble comes, you hear what I'm saying? He can show himself strong. So God intensely, he could have led them another, I, I, I know I'm being redundant here. God could have led you another way. But in his wisdom, he intensely led you right up against that wall. He led you into a situation where God could be your only way out so he could show up, show out, and show himself strong. God's a wise God. And before they left that area in the vicinity of Egypt, they had to have confidence in their God to, to face that promised land. So God wanted to prove himself and prove himself big before they could go on to this next place. And then he explains to Moses, I don't think the people knew, but he explains to Moses. He said, listen, this is what's going to happen. Pharaoh will say that the children of Israel are bewildered by the land because no one would do that. It didn't make sense. It was counter-again intuitive. It made no sense for a people to go back and hem themselves in before a sea. They didn't have ships and none of that. He said, Moses is going to use his mind. He's going to think about it. He said, you know what? Something must be going on with them. They must be in trouble. So, They're bewildered. They're confused because no one in their right mind would do that. They don't understand the land. And the wilderness has closed them in. I have learned when I look the most confused, God is at the height of his genius. And this is what's happening here. Again, God led them into a situation on purpose, on purpose, where he was the only way out. You say, why, God? Why am I in this situation? Because he is the only way out. And you cannot go into the next phase unless you conquer this and manage this and and win in this phase. God knew it. So he did all this on purpose. He said, then I will harden Pharaoh's heart. How many of y'all know the narrative? You're familiar here. So that he will pursue them. Some of the crazy people in your life, God lets them. Matter of fact, he almost assists them to be crazier to prove his point. There would be no David without a super Goliath. You know what I'm saying? There wouldn't be a great Moses without the Red Sea. And some of the situations and people in your life are God set up to show you his glory and to do something memorable and too large for you to get the credit for He said, I will harden Pharaoh's heart so that he will pursue them. That's why I, I don't think God was speaking to the Israelites. He was speaking just to, to, to Moses. You see, your enemies might surprise you, but they are part of God's plan. I know you don't like that. Your enemies are part of God's plan. If Daniel did not have lions in that den, who would care about Daniel? If there wasn't King Nebuchadnezzar that threw those three Hebrew boys into a fire without Nebuchadnezzar, we would never know the names of the three Hebrew boys. The problems in your life are designed for people to remember your name. He said, and I will gain, I'll earn my merit. It won't be just merely theological or a matter of who wins an argument. I'm going to win this in fact, indeed, and by action. I will gain honor over Pharaoh. He thinks he's a God. I'm going to show them and introduce him to the real God. And over all his army, again, the mightiest army on the planet at the time. Why? That the Egyptians might know. Meaning, they wouldn't know lest God showed himself strong. Pay attention. There's some enemies in your life. That God you are listening to the him, Live Big broadcast. That, that God can reach. Greer. Find out more about Dr. Greer, Grace Church, and today's at
1: GraceChurchVA.org.
2: So God coming through for you is actually God coming through for them. The best way to defeat an enemy is to make him a friend. Stay with me now. He said, "Again, that the Egyptians may know that I am the Lord." How many of y'all heard without a test, there can't be a testimony? Without a mess, there can't be a what? Message. Without a trial, there cannot be triumph. Without someone trying to victimize you, you can't really experience victory. This is the reality. Let's get to verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew near, he didn't know he was in God's trap. Pharaoh didn't know that they really aren't hemmed in. God was working on something. The children of Israel lifted up their eyes. Ah! I can't blame them. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. Have you ever gotten to the place where you sighed a sigh of relief? Whew, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm through with those people. You know what? they, they 400 years, you know, they just slaved me, oppressed me, and finally God got me out of here, free at last, free at last. Oh, thank God Almighty I'm free at last. How many of you ever had a moment where wait, wait, you thought it was all behind you, you thought it was all over, and you only look up to see your problem bigger, stronger than ever before, and right up in your face again? This was the case. Didn't we leave y'all behind? I thought this, shit, Oh God. So they were very afraid. It says, and the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. Notice they cried out to God, but they criticized Moses. Anyone still want to be a pastor, by the way? Then they start talking to Moses. See, baby, I love the Lord, but then they come talking, you know know what I'm saying? (laughs) In fact, I love the Lord people can be sometimes the most obnoxious. This is an aside. This is in my notes. (laughs) Just to this side of the room. How can you say you love the God you don't see and you can't love the people you do see? Let me say to this side of the road, how can you say that you love the God you can't see, but you can't love the folk you do see? So, they, they cry out to God, I love you, I'm for you, God. And, you know, they did all that other stuff, but when it came to Moses, when it came to their pastor, they said, because there were no graves in Egypt, Moses, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Moses, were there not cemeteries large enough where we came from? It's hard when people who are supposed to be on your team turn on you, and then they kept kept, kept going. They cried out to God, but Moses was God's whipping boy. Why have you dealt with us, Moses, to bring us up out of Egypt? They got mad at the only person trying to help them. It's sometimes hard to love folks like us. Is this not the word that we told you in Egypt saying, "Let us alone that we might serve the Egyptians. Bishop, we told you this would never work, but now nah, you talk about what the Lord told me, where's your God now, Bishop? Where's your God now? This was the attitude of the people. For it would have been better for us to have served the Egyptians. And we should come out here and die in this wilderness. What were they saying? Or what they were saying was, you know, I had it better back in the world. You mean back when somebody was kicking you out of bed in the morning? Back when you had tracks coming out your arms, but, but how quickly we forget. And I would have got a little bit upset here, but, but Moses is a good guy. And Moses said to the people, he didn't prophesy their death, their destruction. He taught them and instructed them. And I've learned when a congregation is in trouble, don't yell at them, scream, teach them through it. Yeah. Okay, all right. And Moses said to the people, in essence, he said, God will do his part if you do your part. I only need you to do three things, not four, not two. Just three. Number one, folks, I know you're all mad at me, and I I recognize you talking about you have your personal relationship with God, and and, and you're mad at the visible church, and and everybody on earth is no good except you. I understand all that. Number one, he said, don't be afraid. Everything worth having in life is always on the other side of fear. The danger is real, but fear is a choice. And he said to the people, I need y'all to make a choice. I see the Egyptians. I see the sea. What do you choose? You might see your problem behind you, the problem in front of you. What do you choose? Number one. Three directions in crisis. Do not be afraid. Number two, stand still. Don't run. Don't panic. Don't react. You see, when you run away from the problem, it makes you that much further away from the solution. He said, number one, Check yourselves. Talking all that stuff. Check yourselves. That's fear talking. Do not be afraid. Number two, stand still. Don't you move. Stand your ground. Stay right where God told you to be. I don't care what happens. Hell or high water. Stand your ground. Show yourself a man. Show yourself a woman. And number three, and see, and see. And see the salvation of the Lord. He was saying, You can have it if you can see it before you see it. No, no, you didn't hear me. He said, Children, I need you to see it before you see it. Don't be afraid, stand still, and I need you to see something before it happens. Helen Keller said this. It's incredible what she said. She said, the only thing worse than being blind, she was a blind woman, is having sight but no vision. He said, I need you all to do three things. Stand up. Stand your ground. Be strong. Stand still. And I need you to see the outcome before it even happens. Then he said, which... God will or he will accomplish for you today. So if they feared not, stood the ground, and they saw it, yesterday ended last night. Amen. If you want yesterday, or better, if you don't want today to be like yesterday, Moses has three, Instructions for you. Don't be afraid. Don't run. And you need to see differently. You need to see what God has shown. You need to see the outcome. All He's saying is believe. What believing is is seeing God's outcome before you see God's outcome. Believing's having a picture on the inside bigger than the picture trying to come at you on the outside. He said, for the Egyptians you see today, you shall see again no more forever.
1: You've been listening to Live Big with Dr. Derek Greer, the radio broadcast ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. It is our sincere prayer that you are blessed and empowered to live big. Listen to this message and much more from Dr. Greer for free at gracechurchva.org. We also invite you to join Dr. Greer and the Grace Church family here in Dumfries, Virginia, not far from Quantico Marine Base. We would love to meet you and have you join us for worship, teaching, and fellowship every Sunday and Wednesday. Get directions, service times, and much more at gracechurchva.org. That's our time for today. Join us weekdays at this time for the teaching ministry of Dr. Derek Greer. And remember, until next time, live big.